0: Memphis, 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 Memphis,
1: Memphis, Memphis, Nothing but Memphis. Everywhere we go, it's Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee. The beautiful land in the world. And I'm thankful for this this guy who tweeted and said I don't have that fire in my eyes no more. That game right there was for him. That's what I do. I pull people wrong each and every night, and that's for him right there.
2: What up, Grizz Nation? And welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I'm your host, Daniel Greer, and I am coming today with a different yet still special episode of our free basketball edition of Grizz 901. We normally do not step over in, in, into each other's lane, but this time we had to make a special attempt to bring you a little bit of Grizzly talk on free basketball, which you can find on the Leeds Podcast Network. We normally do not do Grizzlies talk over there because we still have our regular podcast here with your Grizzly stuff. But because we did, I wanted to share the audio that we had. Yes, you could go over there and check it out. But I wanted to bring that on here because I think it's very special for the people to hear all of us. The real OGs. We also included our producer behind the scenes, the other OG that is with us over at Free Basketball. We brought him on, and that's Cody. He is on there as well. Ryan is the host over there. So if it seems a little weird and a little different, that's because Ryan hosts the show over there. So we just let him continue to host, and we're just bringing you the audio. But what a week. What a week for these Grizzlies. And a week that I said that if they went two and three, I was okay. If they would have went, I'd say one and four, it's not the end of the world. It's not the worst thing in the world that could have happened. But these Grizzlies are now nine wins in a row, and in the worst possible week, they went five and zero. Oh. They had five games in seven days, and you won't see that again for the rest of the year. And the fact that they actually won all five games and the four games before then, it just goes to tell that how well this team is gelling, but also just how good they really are. There's a lot of people over in La La Land who aren't exactly thrilled with the Grizzlies. One, LaBaby, Le LeBron, James, who's crying a little bit. He's a little mad that Desmond Bain got eh, talking a little trash to him. I love it. I don't know if you enjoy the trash talk, but I am so happy with it. The Grizzlies aren't on the side where we u- usually can trash talk, right? We're, we're the small franchise in the, in the small city, small market, they don't care about us. And the fact that we're going into L.A. and taking out LeBron James and Halsey's on Twitter mad. There's so many other people that are upset about what's happening. I love it. I couldn't love it more. And the only comeback from all these Lakers fans who, honestly, they're not really Lakers fans or LeBron fans or, oh, yeah, we, we love the history because that's what they throw In any person's face that ever talks trash to the Grizzlies is, look at our championships. And they're probably 20 and they've only seen one or two. There's not many that they have seen or cared about. So I love it and I love the fact that the Grizzlies, they have that swagger. And there's nothing more exciting than seeing a team who is playing well. That is just swagging all over the place, and yeah, I'm probably a little too old to say swag, but man, I'm so excited. And I always say never too high, never too low, and it's so tough to not be high right now with these Grizzlies and how they're playing. So if you're with me and we're getting a little high, little little expectations are getting a little crazy. Man, that, that I I don't I don't hate it. This is a great feeling. So. I hope you're enjoying the ride. That really is because the Grizzlies just took down the Nets on the road. Then they went Cavaliers on a back-to-back, came home in a trap game to which you know it, it, you're getting back Dylan Brooks and De'Anthony Melton, and your and Desmond Bain took the night off. Well, they still beat the Pitsons and they beat them really bad. And then the Clippers, no jaw, Dylan goes out early, no problem. They still win big. What this team can't do, I I don't know. They don't know any other way but to just go out there and ball out, and then to take on the Lakers. And you're blowing out the Lakers the entire night. And yes, it was only a eight game eight point win. Whatever. Like the Grizzlies were were well up on that, and they gave a big run to these other players that normally don't see the floor. It is what it is. In the day, they went into Los Angeles and took on LeBron and the Lakers in their own place, and everybody was watching and everybody saw what Ja Morant did. The block, I couldn't say, I can't say enough. I've never seen a more athletic, a more just crazy chance of time where somebody comes up and blocks the ball at the top of the square. The square is the part of the backboard where people use you know, bank shots. The top of the square is where he caught that ball. He ends up hitting his head a little bit on the backboard, which is crazy. And then the dunk, the dunk, the Desmond Bain's facial expressions. If you have a second, go back and look. But the facial expressions of Desmond Bain before he passes the ball to Ja, I think he was so excited that he knew what was about to happen. He had Jaw on an open lane, throw it up, let Ja dunk. And it was a beautiful day. So what a great week it was, and what a great time that we had to talk about Grizzlies on our, our big network, the Leeds Podcast Network. We get a chance to talk about NBA stuff all the time, and this one chance, we get to talk about the Grizzlies. Enjoy.
0: Welcome to another week of Free Basketball. I am your host, Ryan Meadows, joined by the Triangle, the original. uh, The Triangle offense is back with Daniel Greer and Cody Holsey. How is everyone, Cody? How have you been? Haven't seen you in a couple weeks. How Um, was your holiday
1: rush? My holiday rush was fantastic. I was sick the week of Christmas. That was fun. Of course, yep and then it snowed on new year's day that was did that you,
0: did you also contract uh covid like me and daniel did over the past two
1: weeks no i did not I, t- I was i think i had a really bad sinus infection possibly the flu but i did not have covid two negative tests throughout my uh the height of my sickness mm. so i'm still covid free and that's the way would be daniel that, back- that virus can't get me
0: it, you're just all good
1: yeah yeah and it's not I coming mean, like, through at the red door the red no, door grill is no great. well i mean i don't know about that but i know that i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm dodging it like i'm out here playing dodgeball <laughs> <You know?
2: laughs> Daniel, if you recovered? can't dodge a wrench you can dodge COVID. <laughs> yep well i got got thanks a lot cody i got got yeah, yeah well you, you should have smacked
1: upside the head you yeah. should you should have moved faster
2: <laughs> Cause that's my thing. is like
1: you got what you got to do, is you got to be confusing with it. You can't, you know, you can't be. You got to zag when other people are zigging. As far as like, you got to run a serpentine pattern. Sometimes you got to move backwards. Just keep. You got to keep going on its toes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're
0: obviously back together, the triangle. <laughs> If you've listened to us in the past, you know this is bound or tends to happen multiple times throughout, and it's probably going to happen tonight because we have two topics. First off. I have been putting this off on purpose because Daniel is our fearless leader over at Grizz Nine Hundred One, and I hate to step on his toes. And also, a lot of times I am a special guest on there. So I I step on his toes. I love that (laughs) special guest. I I basically, I basically. All right, I'm I'm a guest, not special. Uh, No, you're the co-host of the show. No, I'm just special, not a guest. There's no whatever um I can't say it's so 2022 i don't <laughs> i don't want to say the same thing twice you know people listen to both i don't want them to hear me say the same things over and over but this week screw it we have to talk about this team just from where they are right now and that's the memphis grizzlies okay i thought it was the so kings if you don't if you don't listen to grizz One or listen to us in the past welcome and thank you for turning us on in the first place you probably turned it off In the first 45 seconds where Cody was giving you dodging strategies to COVID. But if you still made it this far, we are from Memphis. Disclaimer.
1: Those do not work.
0: (laughs) They don't work. Okay. Um, (laughs) And we are going to talk about the Grizzlies for Grizz super fans. And it's, it's time. This is general NBA podcast. You have to talk about one of the best teams right now in the NBA and the Western Conference and that's the Memphis Grizzlies so we're going to talk about them a lot of questions the thing about it is I'm going to have to turn off the diehard fan of the Grizzlies and be the objective question guy so Daniel gets to be right in his element gets to answer all my questions and uh, counter arguments yeah he gets to be the homer I get to give the counter arguments Cody gets to chime in as well Um, and then at the end I do have an all-star game selection kind of theory that I asked you guys the questions earlier today. I don't know if it'll be a super in-depth kind of thing, or maybe it's a pretty simple answer, but we're going to get to that at the end too. So hopefully it won't be too long of an episode. We'll try not to embellish Daniel too much with Grizzlies talk, but we'll just kind of see what this goes. But the Grizzlies, 27 and 14, fourth in the West, currently beating the Los Angeles Lakers as we're recording. Are they still up by 20, Daniel?
2: 23.
0: They're up by 23 right now, all right, beating the the Lakers. They're 8-2 and in their last 10, Um, four games up in their division, I believe, the last time I checked on the Dallas Mavericks. And from when John Morant went out a couple weeks or almost a month ago, it feels like now, we had a podcast back then that was saying that, look, we were just kind of hoping they were going to go 500. Or if they're a a little less than 500, that would be in – you know, a good scenario for us and they just kept winning and they haven't stopped winning. Uh, what was their record for actual December? Was it something like 12 and four or something yeah. like that? 12 um, and 4. so they have been awesome. They have lo- started to lose people like other teams have Dylan Brooks, twists his ankle the other night. He's looked to be out three to five weeks, but even with Ja, Bain, Melton Brooks, you know, all kind of guys sitting out over and over and over. It has not mattered. The Grizzlies have kept winning and exceeded expectations. So, Daniel, first off, have they greatly, greatly exceeded your own expectations coming into this year, or is this something that you foresaw with this team?
2: No. So they, yeah. So they easily exceeded my expectations, and even now, like I am a diehard Atlanta Braves fan. I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. And if you're wondering why Memphis, we don't have baseball. We don't have football. I'm a 90s kid. I grew up. that Those are the good teams, right? And that's what I ended up cheering for. Plus, my grandmother made me. So that, you know, two things I can't go against. Who's your college team? Uh, that's the uh, Florida Gators. Which? In which sport? Just football. <laughs> Just football. And, your, and who's you, your...
1: What, what other what other teams do you like in the other sports? Who's your favorite uh,
2: college baseball team? College baseball, I, I stick with Florida just because I think that's the smart thing to do. Not sure. But unfortunately, I am a Duke Blue Devils basketball fan as well. He's and a Dookie. I'm, a, I'm a 90s kid. I Listen, I, I I did not understand exactly what I was doing when I was cheering for these teams. I was cheering for them because they were cool teams. That I, I'm just going to you know, and my, uh, and my whatever elementary school, our mascot was a, uh, gator. We were the, we were the gators. And so that's where the whole Florida Gator thing turned into. Anyway, enough about me. Everybody's turned off by now, but, um, yes, I, I can't believe I got you to
1: go on that rabbit, rabbit trail. <laughs> <laughs> quick,
2: quick, Cody,
0: give us some more COVID dodging strategies. To bring it back, yeah, Right. Really. So
1: basically if you just like do a little, if you do a little, like, uh, like, you got to move laterally. Lateral <laughs> no. movement is key. Not, if, you're, if you're not doing lane drills every day, you're not trying to, you're not everybody's to fight gone. against COVID. They're bring gone. It, bring it back I'm in. expectations. Right, I'm really right it.
2: So, yes, because I am one of those fans, I literally I, – I get let down continuously. Like, my expectations go high, and right when they start getting a little bit high, I know 100%, just like next weekend – the Cowboys will lose the first round playoff game against the San Francisco 49ers. That's exactly what's going to happen. So I try to, you know, dampen my expectations, you know, enough, but man, they've exceeded my expectations now to where the, I'm getting to the point of they might really be a good basketball team. Now they're not contenders. So I don't want to go too crazy yet, but yes, they have exceeded my expectations in a very, very long-winded answer. Exceeded my expectations.
0: Yeah, I definitely exceeded my expectations. Now, Cody, what what about for you? Because you have not you moved away from Memphis, you betrayed everyone. Uh, so let's hear, just on the outside looking in now. Now that you're in uh, Patrick Mahomes' country, what what's what's your feeling about the Grizzlies from what you've been seeing from us and just in general watching the NBA?
1: They have a lot of a lot of guys that are good at different things. Like, they're just – I don't know. Like, if you look at the really good teams in the West that are, you know, underperforming, say, like, the Lakers, this is just the one that, you know, is easy to pick on. Since Um, they're playing
0: them tonight, yeah.
1: Yeah. But, like, that team doesn't have a very strong bench. And, like, the Grizzlies are also a team that, like, I feel like has an identity – And, and, you know, just watching them, like, throughout the year and stuff like that, like, like Ja will, like, set a screen for somebody and, like, do do some stuff. Like, he he doesn't just, like, oh, it's not – I don't have the ball. Like, I'm not going to do anything. Like, he still, like, plays basketball within the – like, you know, and likes to get other people involved and stuff like that. And watching – like, watching the Grizzlies, like, he just looks like he's a lot of fun to play with. And I think that, like, having a guy like that on your team that, like, can – really, like, night to night, like, you know, night in, night out make a difference. I saw a thing today that showed LeBron's different averages from, like, age 18 to, like, different to, like, I don't know, like, 27 and now, like, 36 or whatever, and it was all the different, like, averages, and they're all very consistent, so something that, like, with Jaw for the last, like, you know, this season, last season, and the season before is, like, he's pretty consistent, like, night to night, like, you know what you're getting from, like he's going to come out and he's going to compete and he's going to have a chip on his shoulder about it the whole time. And there's, you know, the other day he was like saying something about like, why he's not scared of people or whatever. Like we put our shoes on the same way. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, and just having that mentality, I think like, goes a really long way in the NBA that like, he's not walking out there and looking at LeBron and being like, Oh my God, that's LeBron. He's like, I will kill you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's for someone that young to have like, you're my peer mentality instead of you're my basketball god our our idol you know right it's that fearlessness which i think everyone on the team has also bought into like Mm jaron jackson jr he's been up and down you know we obviously see the talent and he's kind of awkward in interviews and press conferences and stuff like that but he truly buys in and kind of follows what Mm jaw does well he's younger than jaw and he's younger than jaw And with Desmond Bank, like, I feel like that whole group, you made a great point with them all liking to play together because just using the Lakers, we hate, I, look, okay, maybe I don't hate picking on the Lakers, but it's, when you sign 10. It's fun to pick free, on LeBron a little bit. When you sign 10 different free agents and expect to generate chemistry mm-hmm. within a season to be able to make a run in the playoffs, that's really hit or miss, right? Like that that usually does not happen very often. Most of these teams that make runs or have good regular seasons and make runs in the playoffs have continuity, at least somewhat, unless you just have a weird year, like the Lakers year where they won the championship in the bubble. Um, we're not going to get into all of that, but now the Lakers are starting to have a little bit of continuity. Is, is that, do you think, one of their biggest factors, Daniel, on why they're having success is just, They are young, yes. They're one of the youngest teams in the league, but this is year two or three for the most part uh, of them all. This this kind of core all together. Now we know we've moved out JV, brought in Stephen Adams, essentially the same player. Well, okay, I shouldn't say the same player, but they they essentially do the same kind of roles um, for this team. And Stephen Adams is no slouch in the tough guy department. Um, And so we see this with like Utah Jazz, the continuity, the Suns, the continuity. Is this why they're having such early season success to you is just their continuity as a team because they have had the injuries and the people in safety
2: protocols yeah there's a, there's a lot of reasons why they're actually being why the re- reasons they're being good right now, and it's it's not for one specific reason it's because for the simple fact that they yes they did get off of JV and they got you know Steven Adams back, but they also are deep enough that they can sustain these either injuries or the covid, you know, protocols that these people are being put in and these other players are they're stepping up. And so I said in the very beginning of the season they're they're one of the deepest teams in the league because their 12 guy is really good. And and before we even got we we talked about the Grizzlies and we said that Zaire Williams, you know, would probably be their 12th guy. He ends up being their 8th guy. And then Santi Dama, who nobody knew about, and we said that the Grizzlies would probably be, they think that they're the smartest guy in the room, they're actually not. Well, come to find out, they might actually be the smartest guy in the room because they got Santi Aldama and Zaire Williams, and they're both really good. Plus, the other players that they've kind of put in work in with Zaire, you know, I'm uh, sorry, with John Conchar and players like Killian Tilly, who they had, had down in the G League, are now putting in important minutes during a time when everybody else is is going to these players who they've never heard of, and so the Grizzlies are playing people that are still good but are actual NBA players. That's the reason that they are good, but it is the a team chemistry. And they, I think they are now in the in the post game interviews, they're talking a lot about that for the simple fact that I think that they don't want to get traded. And I know that's something stupid and small and maybe that is realistic and that's very humanized that they might actually be saying that because they want to keep this team together. But there's there's players on this team that could be traded off because they think that, hey, if we combine a couple of these players, we can get one extra good player. And so who knows? But I do think it's a combination of stuff. But I do think the team's chemistry goes so far. Because you don't have that, especially with a team like the Lakers, who is just a bunch of dudes that got kind of got brought together for one, one year.
0: Yeah, and it's obviously you like, especially on Grisnow, and you like to give a lot of props to Taylor Jenkins for what he's done. And there is something to NBA players, and it feels like the most common complaint for NBA players, um, a situation doesn't work out for them. They usually blame the coaching staff, right? Or they just weren't allowed to do something or – Um, coaches got upset if they did something and they sub them out, not playing for whatever, you know, but it seems like Taylor Jenkins is just kind of look like we trust you to do your job. This is your job. This is what we want you to do. Go play. And there doesn't seem to be any kind of hamstring. Like, I don't know if maybe it's eventually a weak thing, weakness. If this team progresses in next year or two and making a run in the playoffs and Taylor Jenkins is not calling out Jaw, who is ten, who has tendencies to fall asleep on defense, just like Dylan Brooks does. Um, he doesn't seem to call those players out. Maybe that's not something that he does publicly. Right. And I'm sure there's people who have differing opinions on that. To me, it's if that's your style, then that's your style. It's probably more effective and efficient to do it privately, and that's maybe what he's doing. Is the accountability on that? We just don't see it on tv right yeah. he's just not a guy that's going to call someone out in a huddle or at least if he has we have not seen it he has not been his, his demeanor does not change and maybe that's what they, these young players like about him yeah. is that he'll give them the free reign he's even keel so even if i do go out there and just bomb a couple threes like dylan brooks or triple j will pick up three fouls in two minutes it seems like i i'm not getting an earful of it from the sideline like my college coach or my high school coach would have done to me. Um, now he has gotten better. Taylor Jenkins at X's and O's after timeouts. He still doesn't call any challenge uh, timeouts, but. Um, he's gotten
2: better as of late for, with that.
0: With that anyways, but he's just not a demonstrative guy. Um, is this something that you think is healthy for the young players right now and can continue Into the future with Taylor James, because we talked about before, and I don't want to get into that whole conversation before, but is this a possible uh, potential roadblock if there's just a string of games? Because last year they were up and down, they'd win six games, they'd lose eight, they'd win four in a row, lose five, you know, three, four, but it was a trade off, constant trade off. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: Is there a potential roadblock in that if they just decide, look, we've had it, we're 27 14, let's take two weeks off, like, is there a, do you think there could be a potential problem between the coaching staff and calling out these young players? If there starts to be an issue with just attention to detail or bringing it every night.
2: Yeah. So I don't, I don't think so because the way Taylor Jenkins comes off is he's a, he's a player's coach and he trusts his guys because he says, Hey, this is, this is your role. This is what you're going to do. And I want you to execute to the best of your abilities. And I think that's really how he handles it. If they don't, as long as they're giving effort, I think he allows them to kind of do what they feel like they need to do. The reason the Grizzlies were so up and down in the past, I wouldn't say it's more Taylor Jenkins. It's, it's It was really more of Ja Morant. And the whole you know deal behind the whole text, or not the text, but the tweet that happened with myself, is because a lot of that happened with Ja. He was very much all about playing hard, and then some nights he would take off. Whether he was tired or whether he was young and didn't understand, that's really where it came, you know, to where they were just kind of a big time roller coaster. And I think now he's growing up a little bit. Speaking of Jaw, that they are more consistent, but it's also this team has played together for a couple of years now, to where these young guys all kind of came in together. They're a very tight knit group to where they trust each other, and they're very deep, as I talked about earlier. So, yes, I do think that it could be something that hurts you. But what NBA coach doesn't kind of give in to their superstar player? Because I think every one of of them does. You want to talk about catering for sure. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. So who
0: wouldn't cater to Ja? Unless you're Emmy Odoka of the Celtics. And then you're just (laughs) always constantly
2: calling out your team. (laughs) Yeah. And I also think that calling out your team is stupid. You know, and if we want to get Mm. into a local, let's talk about Penny Hardaway. Mm. Okay calls out his team publicly. I think that's the worst thing you can do because what you do then is you hear about it from other ways. And what is that old school game that we always called the telephone game where you heard something and then somebody changes just one word and then two words change. And then the whole conversation is completely changed. 10 people later. Well, imagine that's like that on Twitter where then people are you know talking back and forth and then it gets local. People are talking the whole conversation changes a million times. So I do think that the the way that Taylor Jenkins handles what's going on is, is crazy good. And I'll give myself a shameless plug. I have an interview that's coming out a week from now with a certain guy named Jonathan sharks, who was a personal friend who still is a personal friend of Taylor Jenkins. He grew up with him. And so we're going to get into a lot about Taylor Jenkins. And so if you do like the Grizzlies, if you do like hearing about, you know, Taylor Jenkins or just the Grizzlies overall, uh, Jonathan Sharks from The Ringer will be joining us on Grizz901 next week. Yeah, great uh, guest plug right there.
0: Definitely be listening to that. Cody, I do want to shift to you. Danny, you can mm-hmm, follow mm-hmm, up with mm-hmm. this one as well. Obviously, there is concerns with, well, maybe there's not concerns, but people are pointing out that John hyper athleticism and lean body And we saw it tonight with the crazy block that he had two handed skies, the top of the backboard to block that shot and just brings it the other way is what is the longevity issue of Ja? If his game is not going to develop like Russell Westbrook and he's not getting an outside shot, which his shot has looked better from outside, but his game is predominated on rim pressure, which is one of the most valuable things you can have on an NBA team now and hitting that floater. What is – do you feel like there is a risk for Ja that he's not going to have a 10-year career, or is this a devastating injury in waiting to you?
1: I mean, like, the way he kind of flies around and stuff is kind of like, ah, but also, like, <clears throat> that's something that, like, younger players like, that are super athletic kind of do. Yeah. But, like, he also, like, kind of, like, I don't know. He just – he's playing in a different level than he was playing at last year, and I just – I don't I don't know that – I mean, everyone's just, like, one, like, weird, like, landing on somebody's foot away from their career being over, so. Yeah, that's true.
0: It's just a, every time he goes up, he's at the top of the backboard, and he's, what, 6'2"?
1: Yeah. He's um, and he's flying. skinny.
0: He's skinny, and he lands on those, you know – the, the skinny pole legs, <laughs> but he had, but my knee. He has incredible
1: body control.
0: He does have incredible body control. It's absolutely true, and it feels like you know, kind of like Giannis. It seems like his ACL is a rubber band. Like it's just.
1: I think it is a rubber band. That's how it is made. Maybe that's I what it is. think it's constructed Sorry. that way for everyone. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's fair. There's might uh, just be
1: a little more uh, elastic.
0: Elastic, yeah. Maybe I should have said more elastic rubber band. Maybe Jaws, is, that's what it is. It's got a little wiggle to it and he'll maybe, be fine.
1: Maybe he just uh, got them removed so he doesn't have, have to worry about to it. it. <laughs> but it, is that
0: one of the things that you think could... Uh, well, obviously, it would derail the Grizzlies. Do you think that should be something that you should you would be worried about
2: if you're the Grizzlies starting to build around him for the next decade? If you're talking to me, no, I don't think that he is. I don't think that's something to worry about.
0: Anybody can answer. Cody obviously wasn't going to.
1: I was about to, and then Daniel said that, and I, well, I was forming like my thought. But um, you
0: shouldn't approach it that way, right? That do you the, yeah. the risk? You shouldn't be built around that risk of, oh, he could get injured. Yeah, I mean, like,
1: if you – I mean, if – That's why we're going to keep Jaron
0: Jackson Jr.
1: Right, okay. that's why That's why the Nuggets signed Michael, that's Michael Porter Jr. Because they that's couldn't what, uh, factor injuries into it. They just had to yeah. go for it. You make a the great point. The worst medical anyone's ever seen. And they spent the money and on it. And they spent because, the money. So, yeah. if you're the Grizzlies – jaw doesn't even have the worst medical you've ever seen he's one of like the top 15 players in the nba probably right now oh, anybody ooh. have a problem with that anybody have ooh. a problem with that statement oh that's kind of spicy right <laughs> if he's one of the top 15 that's like that might be an all nba spot that's first second or 13 oh um, he's at least he's definitely at least gonna be 13 you think uh, so at okay. least yeah Has to I-
0: be. I would say it has to be if he like keeps he's, on like yeah, this. He's twenty five, six rebounds, almost six rebounds. Yeah. Almost tw- twenty five points, almost six rebounds, almost seven assists. Yeah. So and he leads the top four team in the West. And they stay in the top four, maybe get to three even. Yeah. Um yeah. They're, he's he's definitely on an all MB team all NBA team, I feel like. He's definitely yeah. on the all star team for sure.
1: How cool is it that the Grizzlies ended up getting the best player out of the draft with Zion and RJ Barrett <laughs> and all those guys? Isn't that crazy? They drafted a guy from Murray State with the number two pick and somehow ended up, like, lucking into the best player in the draft. And
0: absolutely lucked into it from all the stuff that was going on. That yeah, because they We're had to, like – bang the pick. Yeah, all that crazy all stuff. That stuff. And it fell to two. And yep. they got job ran out of it. Just And they, it's they lost the Zion lost.
1: lottery – but they ended up winning the draft.
0: And just purely luck, purely yeah. luck.
1: It's so crazy. Congratulations to the Grizzlies.
0: Now talk, maybe not talking about luck, but there is a larger scale about this team that I want, this kind of macro version. I want to talk about this team because Taylor Jenkins, everyone always makes a comparison. Taylor Jenkins came from the Bucks organization and Mike Budenholzer. And what are the Bucks too. They play ten guys, ten to twelve guys, and they're all they all contribute. Uh, and I get that completely, but I actually think the comparison is of the wrong Mike Budenholzer team. And oh. I want to see what you think about this. To me, the Grizzlies are more like the 2013 to 2016 Atlanta Hawks, and hmm. the way they play, and in the way that they're constructed. And here's here's my reasoning. I'm just going to give you the roster. And you kind of compare players from this Grizzlies team based on this Atlanta Hawks roster, which Taylor Jenkins was a part of. Kent Bazemore, Damari Carroll, Al Horford, Kyle Corver, Shelvin Mack, Paul Millsap, Dennis Schroeder, like Jeff T. So obviously there's not a John Morant level. I was going to say, who's
1: the point within that group. is comparison?
0: But if I remember correctly about this team, I mean, they won 62 games in 2014, 2015, were the one seed in the East. And if I remember correctly, their starting lineup was uh, Jeff Teague, Kyle Korver, Paul Millsap, Al Horford. And um, I believe it was Kent Bazemore, but I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But you go down the line on that roster, there are very comparable roles obviously jaws outlier but there are very comparable roles to the way that hawks team played that compares now to how the current grizzlies are structured roster wise and their future outlook now obviously the hawks much older team and theirs basically was a three-year run and they were done and they just had that one outlier year where they were 16 wins but I think this is the pattern of the Grizzlies that we should actually be comparing it to. This is the formula that Taylor Jenkins is relying on. Not what Mike Budenholzer did with the Bucks. That's a wrong comparison to me. I think that he's, Taylor Jenkins is running everything off of the Atlanta Hawks model. Hmm. Does that seem more appropriate to you, Daniel? Just thinking about giving you those names, the way they played, it was a All five, it was by committee, 10 guys, everybody contributed, and they won 60 games, 60 and 22. Um, And this does get into another question that I will have to follow up. But do you think that's a better comparison for this team that we should be looking more into as a staple for what could be?
2: Yeah. So I do like that. But I also think that that can be more of a good regular season team when you're having to be, when you're going 10 deep, right? And so, yes, that is great. And I do love that they are able to be that deep, but that's the whole reason that in Memphis that they've been talking about consolidation, right? You want to be really good eight deep. But a lot of times what these teams, what happens is with injuries, you were 10 deep and you become eight deep because of injuries. So there's two ways to look at it. You want to be 10 deep eventually become eight deep because throughout the season you lose two guys due to whatever happens. Hopefully they're not your best players. So there's, there's so many different ways to look at it, but I do think that that can be a very good regular season team. I don't know if that's the best playoff team. That is my, exactly my follow-up question is
0: this is going to be a great, this is going to be a great regular season team, just like the Utah jazz. But when it gets to the playoffs and you have to shorten that rotation, does it become a weakness to where you have to give larger minutes? Um, is there more variability actually from going to a smaller rotation than sticking with that 10? Wow. Um, I have an answer.
1: Yes.
2: Go ahead. Cody. Go ahead. Cody. Yeah.
1: Um, so I think that there is value in having that 10 person roster, especially okay. in the playoffs, especially if you are a smart coach. I think we saw this uh, last year with um, Ty Lu and the Clippers because depending on who you're matched up against, like, you might need different looks. And the Grizzlies, like, with the roster that they have, they do have versatility with some of the different players they have and different, like, lineups they can throw out there. So I do think on a – not necessarily on a game-to-game basis, but on a series-to-series basis, I do think that is an advantage that the Grizzlies have because they have guys that can play like NBA basketball. Not a lot of guys on that team do have playoff experience, but the last couple of years they've been in the playoffs. A lot of those guys have played in some games. Um, they gave the, the jazz, you know, as much as they could handle last year. So it's, you know, just it's one of those things that I, I think that it, it – Sometimes when teams are really deep in the regular season, people look at it and say that, like, oh, well, in the playoffs, like, all those guys won't be able to play. But then you have teams that are really deep, like the Warriors, like the Grizzlies, that are really good that have that personnel. And then you have, like, a coach that knows how to use those pieces and can, you know, look at a matchup with a specific team and go, okay, well, I'm not going to play this person that much because they're going to, you know, we're going to have to hide them on defense or whatever. But when you have – when you have a large roster that's versatile like that, you can do a lot of different stuff, and that's typically helpful in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, Great. and to touch on that, uh, a lot of people have talked about getting rid of Jonas Valanciunas uh, to the Pelicans and bringing in Steven Adams. I think what's really adjusted is Steven Adams is used for his defensive abilities, and it is mainly also his passing on the offensive end, plus mm-hmm. his screens, plus the uh, the backside screens where you're actually helping someone get to the basket because of your screens. But also the fact that they don't rely on the offensive, uh, I guess, firepower from Jonas is a big thing because now Mm -hmm. if you see their closing lineups, I think that what you're looking at a lot of times, it's not always Steven Adams. That's closing in the fourth quarter. It's a lot of times it's Kyle Anderson who is able to be the, the four, which moves Jaron down to the five and that really is dependent, you know, on matchups. And so, I think the reason that the Grizzlies are so good right now is because they they are very versatile to the fact that if you're small such as the Lakers who want to go with LeBron as their five, well, okay, yes, Stephen Adams is out, but now we're running Jaron as our five, okay, cool. We're going small too. We're also going to put in, you know, Kyle Anderson if we need to, but also we have a bunch of 6-5 to 6-8 guys. Just loaded on the roster, which allows us to be a little big, surrounded by our smaller point guard, who is, you know, Jaw, who is 6'2. So I do think the versatility is their biggest, you know, uh, I guess, weapon right now. Mm, that is interesting because when it's,
0: if we're just to look at the lineup, if we're looking at eight to 10 guys, Jaw, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Triple J, Steven Adams, Melton, Kyle Anderson, Tyus, I mean, are you going to? play a rookie in Zaire Williams and Brandon Clark. I mean, it feels situational for these guys to go in at the end of the bench. So if you're talking about your top eight, and that's Tyus, Kyle, Anderson, Melton, Adams, Triple J, Dylan, Bain, Morant, is that a deep run playoff team? I don't know yes, if it's uh, a deep...
1: uh, Yeah. Go ahead, Cody. I was just gonna say I don't know if it's a deep run playoff team, but it's definitely like it's it a, team a team that of,
2: wins a series.
1: They who who are they match up with right now in the playoffs? Uh
2: I think it would be uh Denver or let's even see. let's say it's Denver, Mavericks or the Lakers. I think they I win th- those. I think they can win
1: any, any of those series.
2: Yeah. Hmm. And and honestly, I even think they match up well against Golden State. The two teams I don't know that, about that Well, because you got to them last year. They they did beat them last year, but also you know you are bringing Clay back, which right he came back to he came What's, back tonight when we're recording this, and Clay's a different animal. I, I love Clay Thompson, but they are they are susceptible to a bad Curry night. The, the Grizzlies right now, if
0: the playoffs started, would play the Dallas Mavericks. That
1: is that is just, that is true that it that like you know the Warriors are susceptible to a bad Curry night, and that is a problem if it's a, if you're playing in the play-in game. If the Grizzlies are playing the Warriors in seven games, I, I love the Grizzlies, but I just don't think that's a thing.
0: Sorry. Yes, but against the Mavericks,
1: and yeah, they. I'd say that's a five game series that wow. they would win. Yeah, really with wow. the with the
0: Mavericks, the Mavericks pushing the Clippers the past two years. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow, wow. Uh, that, that's my biggest question about this team. Just trying to stay objective, not being you know a fan. Is what, is what should be my realistic expectation for this team when and if we get to the playoffs and they're still a high seed? They're still in the picture. Oh, lot can happen in NBA season. You never know. not saying anything's going to happen, but if they happen to climb or drop, whatever it is, do I realistically expect this team to exceed last year, which was a closer series. Cody said that earlier, that they gave the Jazz fits for five games. They did those that series was closer than what it appears just by the record. And a lot of those four one series, for the most part, are closer than what they appear a lot of times. But that one definitely was close. Do I actually expect them to make that jump forward with switching out Triple J for Steven Adams? You know that that's what I'm not sure of. That's what I'm most interested by. But it's fun to enjoy the ride that it is now, because just like that Hawks team back then, They're going to be entertaining. They're going to play team basketball. They actually have a superstar on their roster instead of, you know, uh, Dennis Schroeder. Um, And it's just fun to watch night to night because they are bringing it right now. So I guess we'll, we'll kind of monitor them and see where they're at in a few weeks. Um, I don't have anything really to add about this. I know we probably went a little long on Grizzlies talk because I don't know. um, I don't know. Uh, how long we'll take on this theory kind of thing, but we'll see. Uh, Anything to add about the Grizzlies, Dan, that you want to say before we move on?
2: No, just for the fact that I I, I just want to enjoy it. And that's, um, you know, really what I kind of take back from the whole thing is, you know, enjoying these young teams. And I know that I'm very biased on the, on the fact of the Grizzlies, but the simple fact that I'm enjoying teams that are, are playing well, that should not be playing well. I enjoyed the Hawks you know, when they when they had their little run. I did not believe in them. I still don't believe in them. That's why I feel like they're not as good because I feel like they just caught, kind of caught lightning in a bottle as they did. But I'm enjoying the teams that are like the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Grizzlies this year. I, I really do enjoy uh, seeing these young players kind of ascend because it's so funny seeing players like LeBron who are now in talks of being the, the youngest who have ever done it. But he's also now in talks to being one of the oldest who have ever done it. And so he's going away because he now is 37. He's going away. It's so cool to really see these young guys coming up. And I really hate that we're missing Zion because he honestly, he, he's amazing. And if you gave the Grizzlies a chance to have the number one pick, would they take Ja over Zion? Yes, yeah, mm. I don't know, man. That that mm. that's still tough. That would oh, be wait. hard. No, point. I don't
1: think that they would have. They would have <laughs> assumed to be <laughs> beat it up.
2: <laughs> I think that I think it's so hard, <laughs> even now knowing what you know, because it's only been a couple of years.
1: They would what's, have still what, taken Zion.
2: What's, take what's to happen? Like I think Zion is a whole different beast, and I really miss that. I hate that we're missing him, and so I enjoy what's happening with these young guys, even Luca, who's still young. I enjoy seeing what the NBA is to come. And so that's what I take about all of it is it's, it's so exciting to see the future. Thanks to Ryan and Cody for really just having fun. And that's what we do. If you, if you don't normally hear the free basketball podcast over on the Lees Podcast Network, go check it out. We release a show every Monday as well on that. And we will be continuously doing that for many, many episodes and years to come. But let's talk a little bit about the the week that is right now. Today is Monday. The Grizzlies are coming back from the West Coast. And they're playing a team that just got back one of the best players in all the world. He might not be at that level just yet in Clay Thompson. But he is still a really, really good player. And the Warriors are you know, the best team. And it's going to be tough. And I don't know if you've heard this in the past, but Kyle Anderson talked about it. Uh, early into the season this year when he said that coming back from the West Coast is very, very tough. It's actually tougher than going to the West Coast. And so, yes, the, the Golden State Warriors still have to do the exact same thing, right? And they just played at home on Sunday, just as the Grizzlies did. They played on the West Coast on Sunday. They're now coming back a day of rest with travel. Everything's lined up to be exactly the same. But Kyle Anderson put it that the Grizzlies struggle in the first game back from a West Coast road trip. So I don't know how to look at this game any way other than saying that I envision this being a loss. And it's mainly not because it's the Warriors, but we're on a nine-game win streak. Eventually that has to end. So I'm going to be never too high, never too low. But also the fact that they take on the Warriors, everybody's going to be watching. It is going to be on NBA TV so you know the world is watching, and I would not put anything past John ja Morant and this crew of Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. and the rest of everyone else. I, I just want to continuously go. John Conchar, Killian Dilly, Zaire Williams, everybody. It, it, it's just incredible. And speaking of John Conchar, if you haven't had a second, go back and check out the the John Coach John Kaufman interview we did about John Conchar. It was amazing. Uh, It was a lot of fun. The Desmond Bain interview with Coach Jamie Dixon, which is the legendary coach from Pitt, now at TCU. We have another big episode upcoming, and it's going to be with Tom Izzo. Yeah, you heard it. Tom Izzo. These Grizz 901 got Tom Izzo, and that will be releasing sometime this week, if all goes to plan. We have not recorded. We're planning on recording tomorrow. Pull back the curtain. We're planning to record tomorrow, but there is team and around the area is having uh, issues with COVID so we're not sure exactly what's going to happen but we should find out later today and I think it is going to be recorded tomorrow so if it doesn't happen this week no worries it'll be coming out soon after that Uh, but then the Grizzlies they're back at home again on Thursday against the Timberwolves that they play really good against the Timberwolves sometimes sometimes they don't play good against the Timberwolves what Timberwolves team are you going to get I'll try to dissect that more later in the week if we're able to drop an episode on Wednesday. But if not, just know that really that team with the the Timberwolves, they're streaky. They can be really good. And they match up pretty good. But also, I believe that if Jaron is now at the five against Carl Anthony Towns, who only really likes to shoot three-pointers, I think we actually match up better than having Steven Adams on the court. And no, that's not saying that I think that Steven Adams doesn't need to be on this team. I just think that the versatility in this team is very good that we can go and kind of be chameleon-like. And if we're going with Jaron at the five, which means we need more rebounding around him, but he's even been better at that lately. So I do like our matchup without Steven Adams in that because I like Jaron on Carl Anthony Towns much better. And we're also, you know, we can add another defender on the floor because we're able to do that so we don't have to have Jaron playing somewhere else and Steven Adams on Carl Anthony Towns, him stretching him out, putting him in a pick and roll. I believe this is the best version against a team like the Timberwolves who likes to shoot the three-pointer. And then on Friday night, we have the Mavericks, and we bring them back. Luka is doing Luka things once again. So Luka magic, is it going to happen? I wouldn't put it past him. If this week is a one and two week coming after a nine game winning streak, don't be down. Don't be upset. It's okay. Who we lose to, maybe that's a big issue. We don't want to lose to the Timberwolves and then end up beating, you know, the Warriors or the Mavericks. And it just it just is weird. But at the end of the day, these are all professionals and they're all really good at what they do. They're one percent of the world. They're really, really good. Everyone in any team can beat you at any time, and that's why the Grizzlies are showing out right now because people did not expect them to be this good, and they are that good. So I hope you're enjoying the ride, such as I am, and I hope you're enjoying this week. We have the Martin Luther King Jr. game uh, coming up, which is the uh, the Monday a week from now. So we will make sure we drop the episode, and I think it will be a special episode with one jonathan sharks of the ringer so if you're still listening and you're still hanging out with us you are a g your our friend thank you for hanging out but let's have a week grizz nation let's continue the nine game win streak why can't it be 12 why can't it be 12 but let's have fun let's enjoy it and let's enjoy each other have a great week be nice and tell your friends